Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. A beautiful day here, and today it's been a little warm, so we're looking hopefully we'll get some uh, cooler weather in here for our hunting seasons. And glad to have Kevin Flesh in studio with us as well. Uh, we've been kind of running a hundred different directions over the last few weeks. So, Kevin, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Scott. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's been warm. <laughs> it has been, but you know the nights have been cool. I mean, yeah. I've been up in the mountains a little bit, and. Uh, you know, yesterday we had a, almost a 50-degree swing from, uh, was fishing the Colorado yesterday, and it was 34 degrees in Frisco yesterday morning at 7 a.m. Oh, okay. And it got up to We 80. have not seen that here. Yeah. No, yeah. and it got up to 85 on the river uh, outside of Eagle yesterday afternoon. So, oh. I mean, that's, that's a huge swing. Sure. So what does that change when you go... Uh, I had Austin on last week for a little bit, and we were talking about differences in water temperatures on different lakes, rivers, yeah. all that. So as you move into fall here, how does does that? What does that change in your strategy? As yeah, so it really, it, especially river fishing, um, it definitely changes. And they, you know, the Colorado has been really low this summer, and so they've they've had some issues with with the temperature getting too high. Trout like temperatures under really sixty five degrees, and when it gets into seventy degree water, it becomes kind of dangerous for them. Related, not kind of, it is dangerous for them mm-hmm. for stressing them out. So they've they had some voluntary closures of the Colorado River after two p.m. in the afternoon up until a few weeks ago. Um, they've been running some more water through the Colorado right now, so it's brought those temperatures down. We had pretty good temperatures yesterday when we were fishing. Uh, but to answer your question directly, it certainly changes how you fish and what the fish are doing. They'll normally be deeper um, with warmer water and and most likely in more oxygenated water. So they're going to be in water that's running a little bit faster through rocks and riffles and other things like that, looking for, you know, oxygen in the water and sure. and a little cooler water because they're just more comfortable in it. The bugs um, have a tendency to hatch at a little warmer water temperature. So if you've got warmer water, you may have hatches earlier in the morning than you'd expect. Um, same thing late afternoon, evening. You may have different hatch activity there when that temperature of the water is is, is good for those bugs. And so we saw f- fish rising middle of the day yesterday in some really interesting backwater eddies, and we watched some fish that they must have been eating small midges that were coming off. We could never figure out what exactly they were eating, hmm. but we were seeing them come up pretty regularly um, and it was fun to watch them because the clarity wasn't great yesterday. It was good. It wasn't great. You probably had a couple feet of clarity. So you'd see these fish come out of nowhere and then be on the surface and go back down. Wow. So it was pretty cool. We caught some fish. It wasn't a great day, but it was a good day of fishing yesterday. So Colorado is fishing pretty well right now. So is that your favorite kind of fishing? Uh, oh, or well, do you have a favorite time? So I, I got to tell you, I just did a trip to uh, Reindeer Lake uh, within the last couple of weeks. Um, and Reindeer Lake is in the southern part of Saskatchewan. And we went up there and uh, we caught big northern pike, anywhere from 35 to 40. The 46 inch pike was the biggest pike we caught. And we caught them on uh, fly rods. We were using oh, wow. big streamers, um, fishing, sight fishing some, and also fishing um, 
Reindeer Lake is such a large body of water. It's a couple hundred miles wide, or a couple hundred miles long, and about 40, 50 miles wide. Bunch of islands and everything else. And we saw maybe 10% of the lake in the week that we were there. Um, but the cool thing about it is when you get that big a body of water, um, the fish just have less pressure, right? And it's a, primarily a catch and release uh, fishery anyway. Um, but you get these great big flats where you'd have, this time of year, you've got beautiful cabbage beds, and maybe the flat is 12 feet deep. Um, and you'd have these cabbage beds that, you know, were a couple acres in size, and they'd have different pockets and things, and the fish are living in those weeds this time of year. And so you'd bring, the cool thing about flies is you're able to cast the fly out, and then they kind of hover in that top two feet of water above that cabbage. And when you have a 40-inch fish that comes out of nowhere Man. and smashes a fly uh, in that zone, it's, it's really spectacular. Wow. So that's pretty cool. The other cool thing that we did is we caught uh, lake trout. So the lake trout spawn in the fall, and they were starting to come up shallow. They generally are in shallow early spring after ice out, and then they go out into the main part of the lake. And they're in deep water, 60, 80 feet of, of water. Um, and now they're moving back in. So we were catching them in sort of holes and 30 to 20 to 30 feet deep um, using big daredevils and other things. We didn't have as much luck with flies because we couldn't get the flies deep enough for them. Hmm. But we had one afternoon, a buddy and I, where we uh, just hammered lake trout. Um, we, were, we were trolling over them and we were catching them then, but what we sat in the spot... And what we ended up doing is we ended up having these big daredevils. We'd cast them out, and they'd actually flutter down into the water column, and those lake trout couldn't let those fluttering daredevils go. Wow. And so we caught one right after another, and they were all, I'd say, between 6 and 8 pounds, so maybe 26 inches to 32-inch fish, just super fighters, and they just don't give up. And we, we, caught an, we just caught enough until our arms were tired. And was that the first time you had been there? First time we'd been there. Okay. Yep. So how do you go about doing your research then on, you know, what, I mean, the outfitter? Do you, yeah. Does a guy, do you use the guide? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. went through a, yeah. we went through an outfitter and we had, we were guided on this trip. We had Cree Indians. So they know us. everything about yeah. what's happening. And, and yeah. they know spots um, and, you know, they're driving the boat and you're just there to fish yeah. and they, they'll get you into spots that they think where there are fish and where they've had luck the week before and it's still a dynamic fishery so that's still they the nice thing is they were there all season we were there the last week that the camp was open so um moose season had started i mean there you know it was we flew into fall the last week of august it's just always crazy to me and how when you go that i mean it's basically 1500 miles due north from here sure Flew into Saskatoon, stayed overnight, got into a small plane, and then flew to an island um, on Reindeer Lake, and then they picked us up by boat and then took us to the lodge, and then we were there for a few days. Um, so this particular lodge, um, they were actually at the ISC show. Um, they're not a sponsor yet, but I'm working on them. Okay. Um, but, uh, and they, um, I actually went with a group of friends that have been going there for a number of years. There aren't that many lodges on Reindeer Lake. Um, in this particular section of the lake. And so the thing that I always look at um, now in talking about outfitters and things to look for is see what the ratings are online, see what they have for pictures of sort of the facilities, and then just talk to see if you can get some people that, uh, if they're at a sports show like this, get folks that have been there and yeah. talk with them about it. 
And then um, the thing that I think is really helpful is the ones that are really professional and doing a good job, they'll have a good internet presence and they'll be willing to talk with you about sort of the experience that they offer. I mean, just like Yes Bay Lodge that we, sure. I mean, they are just so open about what yeah. you get and what you do. It's still fishing. So it's no guarantee that you're going to have this epic journey. Um, but it was interesting. There was a group from Minneapolis that uh, was at, at this lodge, um, and we were talking about different places that they had been to, and they had been to Yes Bay Lodge, for example. Oh, okay. So it was wow. just interesting how they, and they had met him in, in Minneapolis, and, uh, you know, they had gotten, uh, they had gone for Steelhead a few years ago, and they just, you know, raved about what a great time they had yeah. and, and everything else. <laughs> and it was very similar sort of setup. And so... You know, you, you do a few of these and you begin to, to figure out the folks that are doing a really nice job and are really taking uh, advantage of the resource in the sense of, you know, conservation and doing everything and then the food and the lodging. And you just have a conversation with the people that are managing it or the people sure. that are running it. You can figure out the good ones. Absolutely. And be really careful of that. I mean, I've got a great example here. I've got a few minutes. Um, had a gentleman um, call me a dentist out of uh, Michigan. And I uh, was wanting to do an elk hunt, and uh, all the guys that I've hunted with and know uh, were full. Yeah. And so I didn't have anything open for him. And so he went, he found some broker online, booked an elk hunt here in Colorado. And then one of my guys got an opening. <laughs> and so I called him, and he, and he said, oh, man, I just sent a deposit to this deal. And I said, well, what do you know about him? Right. And he said, well, they said they just represent a lot of good elk hunts and stuff like that, you know. I said, did you look up anything online, any yeah. reviews, anything? And not that you can trust those one way or the other. No, but but it, but, but it gives you a way. There was horrible to... reviews on the guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I said, dude, you need to cancel that, you know. Yeah. And I said, what did the guy tell you who the outfitter was? He said he didn't. He told me a week before the hunt that the outfitter would be in touch with me. I said, so you don't even know who you're hunting with? Right. And he said, no. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and there are red flags all over. Right. It. There yeah. are so many reputable, good outfitters out there sure. that, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing what uh, people will do. It's just like any other buying decision. You really <laughs> have to do your homework, especially when you're talking about a you know, a $5,000 tab sure. for a week and that sort of thing. It's it's a serious investment, so you've got to spend the time. And Kevin mentioned Yes Bay. They're going to be here at the ISE show. Um Ryan and Nikki, uh, they're expecting a baby, so they're not going to be here. But Nikki's father is going to be here. And our last trip there, we sat down and kind of worked out something that we could present on our show. And uh, they gave us a deal of twenty nine ninety five for five nights, four days. Awesome. If you go to their website, it's about thirty two, thirty three hundred for four nights, three days. Yeah, an extra. Day. We got twenty nine ninety five. And five nights, four days. Yeah. So that's only available through our show at Sportsman of Colorado. And Kevin will tell you, it's an awesome trip. It is. I mean, the, the, the I mean, where they are, first of all, situated. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't do anything but just eat and, yeah, <laughs> look and out hang out at the lodge. Yeah. No yeah, kidding. That's, that's worth the price of admission. But then you get some really good fishing and different types of fishing. Yeah. I and mean, the cool about their situation is you've got. If you're a guy that loves or gal that loves to troll, they'll do that. If you want to bottom bounce stuff and catch halibut or rockfish, they'll do that. I mean, there's lots of activity to do, and then and I think they're still talking about doing some sea kayaking things and oh yeah and other yeah, really activities cool. that yep. that if you're not completely sure about the fishing. I mean, my wife went a few years ago and wasn't sure and spent three days, full days, two of them out on the boat with us. <laughs> I know. Um, so it's definitely and that's the fun part of 
uh, this this last trip, same thing. I'd love to take my kids up there because they would just have a blast. I mean, right. it's the it's a clear water lake, so you see the. I mean, it was, there are times where you get into situations where we just had northern pike all over the place, and you were just watching fish and seeing how they react. And if you're into fishing. You know, definitely check out these places because there's sure. lots of opportunities. Out Absolutely. There. So check out Yes Bay, yesbay.com. Again, twenty nine ninety five. You've got to mention Sports on the Colorado when you book, but I highly, highly recommend them. And uh, the ISC show, by the way, this year is January the tenth through the thirteenth. We'll be there. Kevin will be doing another seminar, which we'll be promoting uh, as we get a little bit closer to that. But I hope that you'll be able to come and see us there as well. You're listening to Sports from Colorado. We got to take a short break. My name is Scott Watley, along with Kevin Flesh. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Kevin Trisna, owner of M4 Roofing and Gutters. Since 2004, it's been our mission to provide the highest quality of service and trust to every customer we serve. M4 Roofing and Gutters is a family-owned and operated company right here in Englewood, Colorado. At M4 Roofing and Gutters, quality customer service is our top priority. For a free inspection and estimate for your roofing project, call today, 303-797-8600. That's 303-797-8600. Or visit us online at m4roofing.com. M4 Roofing and Gutters is an A-plus member of the Better Business Bureau and haystackhelp.com. You were injured in an accident. You went to the doctor and you thought your insurance would cover it. But that was before you realized how the insurance company actually works. And before you knew how long your pain would really last. So now you're stuck with a bunch of bills that you can't afford. And the nagging pain has been keeping you up all night, making you feel like you're going to lose your mind every day. You are not alone. There is an answer. Call Flesh and Beck Injury Attorneys. Flesh and Beck have the experience and the knowledge to navigate the complicated maze created by the insurance companies designed to minimize your claim. They will answer all of your questions and help you to determine if you are entitled to compensation for your pain and suffering. If you've been injured in an accident, call Flesh and Beck Injury Law at 303-806-8886 for a free consultation to find out if Flesh and Beck can help you get the compensation that you deserve. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, my name is Scott Watley, and we appreciate you being with us. We're going to go to the phones now and talk with Dylan Dawson. Dylan is the community coordinator for Onyx Maps, and uh, we've had Dylan on before and uh, wanted to get him back on to dig a little bit more into their maps and all the different uh, features that Onyx Maps has to offer. So, Dylan, thanks for taking a few minutes and being with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Scott. It's, uh, it's good to catch back up and, and chat a little bit more. Absolutely. So Onyx Maps, and again, if you're uh, in the outdoor industry at all, you certainly know the name and uh, I know a lot of our friends that use this and all. But, you know, we kind of talked about this before, and I want to touch on a few things from our first interview, then we'll uh, hit a few other things. But, I mean, this is a very, very, very competitive field with our maps and GPS and all the different things. So um, talk about some of the things again. Let's highlight a few of the things that you feel set on x apart yeah i mean there's you know and that's a little bit of a tough one to answer just because every individual uses it so differently sure. um it's almost you know we have so much um great data that that goes into it that 
you know, how I use it and how you use it when you come out to Montana here soon, you know, definitely might be different. But, I mean, you know, the, the definite key value props for it, and I think the main reason that people, you know, tend to gravitate towards Onyx and, and go with our, our system here is the private public. Um, you know, we've talked about that one before, but that's kind of our, our bread and butter and how we got started. So, you know, for those of you that didn't hear the first uh, chat or, you know, aren't familiar with Onyx, essentially we we create an app on your phone or tablet. Also have a computer version, but essentially it just turns your phone into a handheld GPS unit. Um, you can, you know, view the maps offline, um, see your GPS location, have full GPS functionality. So mark, you know, waypoints, track yourself, routes, anything that you can do with the GPS, now you can do with your phone with our platform. Um, but the big thing with that is, you know, not only can you get those GPS features, but you can see where you're at on the map in relation to um, land ownership. So mm-hmm. if you're on private or next to private, or if you're, you know, wanting to look across the country at a place you might go check out, you can see all the boundaries, you can see all the land ownership names, tax address, or information there. Um, obviously, it'll show all the public lands as well, and it'll differentiate, let you know if it's, you know, national forest lands, BLM, state lands, um, you know, national parks, state parks, et cetera, all that stuff. So um, that's definitely our bread and butter, and I think that's the by far the most, um, you know, the, the biggest reason why people tend to get on X. And then from there, they really just dive into all the other, you know, hunt-specific data that we have and, and kind of come up with their own little niches and ways to use it um, effectively. But, um, yeah, I mean, bread and butter for sure would be the, the private public lands. Absolutely, and uh, we mentioned this last time, but you guys are kind enough to give a seven-day free trial as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we realized to a lot of individuals, myself included, before I, you know, gave it a shot. Um, I've been a user, you know, far before I started working at Onyx, but um, we realized that individuals that are stuck on using paper maps or have, like, maybe an old handheld GPS unit, it might be a little bit different of a transition to rely on your phone, especially if you're out of cell service for multiple days doing a pack-in hunt or what have you there. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we've done is, like you said, we offer a seven-day risk-free um, trial. You can, you, know, you can see what it's like to download the maps and save them for offline use. You can look at all the, the data. Um, and then after those seven days, you know, it's risk-free, as I mentioned there. So. If you decide at that point that it's going to work for you, um, you know, purchase the premium or the elite membership, and you'll be good to go. Right, and I've just that was my next question. So there's basically two packages: the premium and the elite. And let's talk about the difference on those. Yeah, so really the only difference between those two is a premium is a single state membership. So I'm from Montana. I typically only get to hunt Montana every year. So you know, an individual like myself. Um, who's only worried about hunting one state, you can go with the premium membership. Um, that one is twenty nine ninety nine a year. So 30 bucks a year, that'll give you all the private lands, public lands, all of our hunt-specific data that I'm sure we'll touch on, um, GPS functionality, offline maps, the works. Um, and then that will also let you pull it up on a computer version, mark waypoints, those sync wirelessly from your phone to the computer, et cetera. Um, so that's the premium membership for a single state. Our elite membership um, gives you all 50 states, everything we have for every state, um, and that one runs 99 dollars a year. So 
for 100 bucks, you can get all 50 states, and you'll be set for the whole year. And as I said last time when you said that, I was like, wow. I mean, that's really a, a tremendous value when you look at all the money that we put in to go and do what we do uh, uh, with hunting. Mm-hmm. Just because you never know when you may get an invite to go somewhere, and then you've got it right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I think we chatted about this too, but for myself, um, it's uh, it's a little sickening sometimes to see how much money you spend every year on just gas alone or, you know, even a box <laughs> right. of bullets. If you're rifle hunting, box sure. of bullets, you know, half of that, that you know, about. So it's, uh, it's definitely affordable. Um, you know, even just driving down the road with that thing on, I've found tons of public land in, in different areas, you know, that we would have just driven right by and had no idea that we could go access and had some really successful, incredible memories because of, you know, finding those places like that. So definitely, uh, definitely worth it. Dylan Dawson is our guest. He's the community coordinator for Onyx Hunt Maps. And uh, you can go to your iTunes app and uh, get this or Google Play. And once again, I highly recommend just going to the Elite Package. Hey, for 100 bucks for a year, uh, tremendous value. But if you know you're just a single-state hunter, like Dylan talked about, only twenty nine ninety nine a year, and um, they will get you fixed up there. And there is a seven-day trial, so you can go on and do that immediately as well. Now, I'm looking look at the app uh, as we speak here, and I thought we might touch on just a couple of the different um, icons, so to speak, on there. you got map layers off-grid. You know, you can keep your content, your map tools, your tracker. So talk about the map layers just a minute and what that means. Yeah, so map layers essentially is, you know, as I said, the private and public land. So that would be two separate layers. We've got a layer for private property for your state and a layer for public lands. Um, That's two of dozens of layers. Um, We'll chat about a couple here. But essentially what that is, I'm looking at the map, and if I go to map layers, pick my state, um, I can toggle those layers on and off. Mm -hmm. So what you're given is a 24K topo map or an imagery map um, similar to like a Google Earth view or a hybrid, which is both. You get the imagery with topo overlay. Um, the layers are what what go on top of that, what you see. So if I'm in here and I te- um, toggle off my Montana public lands, then it just removes that data from the map, um, vice versa. So I toggle it back on. Now I can see where all the public lands are. They're color-coded so I can easily distinguish between, you know, state and forest there. Um, So that's, you know, essentially what you can do is you can customize the map, turn layers on, turn layers off, depending on what you want to see. You can change transparency of those. Um, But just a a couple. So for for each state, you know, you're going to have private public lands. You're going to have the hunting districts. Um, Montana, for example, we've got, for every different species almost, we have different hunting districts. Mm -hmm. So I can go into that layer and choose you know, deer and elk, that's what I'm after right now. I can switch that over to black bear hunting districts, and those hunting units will pull right up. So, um, you know, a lot of customization there. Uh, We've got possible access layers, so that's like any timber companies or, you know, big corporations that own land that allow hunting and and access. We've got those areas. Um, You know, for the states that are fortunate enough to have programs, um, Montana's is block management, for example. I know Wyoming has one. Um, Kansas has, I think, their access yes or walk-ins. But essentially what those are, we show all those as private property areas that allow hunting. So, you know, they'll show up as private property, 
but there's also a different layer you can turn on that will show you the ones that allow hunting. So um, got all those, um, several others, but uh, a couple of the hunt-specific data um, layers, we've got a roadless areas layer that we worked on with Randy Newberg. What that one does is it highlights, it's a heat map, and it highlights all the areas um, nationwide that are farthest away from roads. So you, based on the color um, differentiation there, you can see the areas farthest away from roads. So if you're trying to do a pack-in elk hunt and get away from people, um, you can pinpoint those areas. We've got historic wildfires. So we've, we've got all of the fires mapped out from about uh, the year 2000 till now. Hmm. Um, we'll show you the boundaries, the area that, that it was burned, um, the year it was burned, all that good stuff. Um, we've got current wildfires. It'll show you the wildfires, daily updates, what's going on right now, um, all the timber cuts that have been logged. You know, we've got layers with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, National Wild Turkey Federation, Boone and Crockett. I mean, the list goes on and on. So sure. that's uh, a couple of the major ones. And then the only other ones that I definitely want to touch on are our trail layers. We've got trail systems throughout, you know, the entire country. Um, recreation sites, whether it's like a boat launch or a trailhead or a campsite, um, all that good stuff as well. And, you know, the off-grid, I want to last couple of minutes here, spend on that a little bit because that's really cool where you can save it where, you know, a lot of places, especially where your head service isn't available, so you can go ahead and save those maps on there and then be right in tune with where you are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know for myself, you know, it's it's very, very rare that I go hunt an area that has service. So um, all you have to do is, you know, tap the off-grid in the app, save new map. You can choose, you know, how large and how detailed you want that map to be um, and download it right to your phone. So as long as I do that ahead of time, so, like, I'm actually out of the office tomorrow through the weekend and I'm going to go on an elk hunt. Um, so today while I have good Wi-Fi service and I, you know, my phone's charged up, I'm going to save the areas that I, I plan on hunting, and then when I get out there, I'll just I'll actually just turn my phone into airplane mode, um, and the GPS and everything will work flawlessly. So, um, as long as you do a little bit of due diligence there and and planning ahead of time, you're you're good to go offline. Sure. And last thing, I'll check the chips that are available uh, for for your different handheld units and all. Uh, talk about that just a minute. Yeah, so Onyx, we actually started with making the chips that you just mentioned, and essentially what it is is um, a little micro SD chip that plugs into a Garmin handheld unit. So for the individuals that do have those Garmins, you know, really are comfortable comfortable with those and want to continue to use them, um, we do sell a chip, state-specific chips that you can purchase, plug right into the back of those newer Garmins, um, and all that. Pretty much all the data that I just spoke on as far as, like, the private and public lands, hunting units, um, topo, that stuff's going to pull right up on your garments. So, um, you know, instead of you seeing your GPS location walk around on, you know, a flat, tannish gray screen, um, sure. you're going to get all that data. Wow. Well, man, good luck on your elk hunt. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And like I say, I'm heading up there Monday uh, to go to Red Lodge, Montana for a, a bear hunt myself. So hopefully uh, we will see some pictures on Facebook or something. So Yeah, well, man. yeah absolutely. Good. So Good luck to you on your hunt as well. Well, thanks so much. It's onxmaps.com. And uh, once again, a seven-day free trial. 
And if you'd like to get the app, it's the iTunes app. Uh, you can get it there at iTunes and then the Google Play. Get that Elite Package, $99.95. But if you're that single-state hunter, again, it's only $29.99 a year, and uh, they will get you fixed up there. So, Dylan, hey, man, thanks again for being with us, and uh, we will hopefully um, hear from you. And again, great success to you, sir. Yeah, yeah, you you as well. Shoot straight. Okay, bud. That's Dylan Dawson. He is the community coordinator for OnX Hunts. Check them out onxmaps.com. You're listening to Sports from Colorado. we got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. For almost 10 years, hunters have relied on Onyx to help navigate public and private land boundaries across the country. Onyx Hunt is the only tool comprised of more than 400 countrywide maps that gives clear private and public land boundaries, trails, hunting-specific data, and more. New map layers are constantly being added by pairing with some of the leading names in conservation and the outdoor industry, like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Boone and Crockett Club, and Eastman's. Whether it's on your smartphone or handheld GPS, make the most of your precious time in the field by navigating with Onyx Hunt. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Scott Watley, and we appreciate you being with us. Well, if, uh, a few weeks ago, we had a gentleman in the studio, Jerry Whited, and uh, our time was a little bit short. Only got to do a couple of segments, so I asked Jerry to hang out, and uh, we actually uh, pre-taped th- this segment and uh, wanted to talk with him a little bit more. He is with The Hunting Page, uh, Hunting in Colorado on Facebook, and I highly recommend this page, and I uh, hope you'll become a part of it. And uh, this way you can stay in tune a lot with the hunting community, what's going on. And uh, one thing I really liked about the group is, um, you know, if you have questions, um, feel free to ask them. And they come back with good answers for you. And uh, as we talked about on our previous show uh, with Jerry, there's, you know, no dumb question. But uh, you're a lot better to ask it here than wish you had asked it once you were out in the field. So, again, this is a great page on Facebook, Hunting in Colorado. There is a little bit of a vetting process. Uh, They just want to make sure, hey, we're all in there for the same reason and looking to help people and looking to enhance everyone's experience in the great outdoors and all of that. So, Jerry, uh, thanks for being with us again. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here to be able to go through the hunting in Colorado and explain what the page is about. And, and you guys already got like 4,000 and just started, what, a few months back? Uh, yeah, um, I'm not... Well, I, I, th- I think I read something where it was like October a year. I mean, yeah, so it'd be this October, it'd be another year. Yeah. So, so 
pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we got 4,000 members, and like I said, that even, we've had a ton more requests than that, but they didn't want to go either go through the answering the questions or making sure they're there for the right reasons. And so, yeah, so we're currently sitting at right about that many men, members confirmed on the page right now. Right. So I assume if uh, you guys are like me, we got a ton of different um, input, we'll call it, about the recent draw. <laughs> and uh, now, some, myself, I drew everything I put in for, and I mean, I was happy with it. But a lot of people didn't and were very unhappy with it. So what were just some of the um, constructive comments or what are some of the, or your feelings about the draw? Let's just talk about that a minute. Um, a lot of unhappy people, yeah. and, and, and then some are really happy people. Um, I think that the new system they put in place is meant to be good, um, but has a lot of quirks in it, is what I was figuring out. Um, one of the biggest things that we seen comment-wise um, about the draw was that everybody could put in regardless. It didn't matter. You know, it cost you three bucks, you put in. Um, but the big thing that happened with us when they started drawing is when the leftover list started coming out, these people were starting to see, wow, there's like... 25, 26 tags left over, and I didn't draw. How, how is this happening? Um, so one of the big flaws that I can see in the system, I like the idea that it gives everybody an opportunity to draw and you ain't being charged right away, but I wish they would switch the system of if you, draw, if you don't draw the tag or if you do draw the tag, for instance, right. and they bill your credit card, or however you pay, that if it, the money's not there, then they do a second draw process. So, so for instance, they go through, let's say, six days or whatever it takes for all these accounts to hit, and then let's say they have 100 tags left over. Right. They take those 100 tags that weren't paid for, and instead of giving any amount of time where now they give like 14 days to go pay, instead of doing that, just turn around and say, you know what, we're just going to throw them back into another draw. Everybody that didn't draw gets a second chance to draw those until the tags are gone. And then down the road, if there's an injury or something happens, and you have to turn tags in and they become available, that I completely understand. Um, but that, I think that's one of their flaws that they have. And then, like I said, with the leftover list, you know, you run, that was a, that's a whole other debacle type thing is, you know, you get 100 people trying to get online at right at 9 o'clock and for five different species of animals. And well, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, anybody that wanted to hunt in Colorado all across the United States for every species, for every hunt, was getting on at 9 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a web guy. I don't know what it takes to to handle that. But, I mean, th I mean, whether you do it by, you know, birthdays, by the hunter's birthday, and where it's it spread out a little bit, or species, whatever. Again, I, would, my I don't have the answers, but, I mean, man, something's got to be done. Yeah, my recommendation is by species. I think that would slow the list down a little more, or at least give the system a chance to catch up, um, where you can go in and say, we're going to do antelope one day, mule deer the next day, bear one day, elk one day. Because when you get there, you have everybody trying to put in for several different species. And right. it just I think it just ties everything up really fast and really hard. So a big problem we've seen is people would get them, oh, I got this tag, I got this license, and then they go to pay for it at the end, and then, it, oh, they're unavailable. Yeah. Now, and to explain if that happened to you, just because you put something in your cart, it was not yours until you paid for it. Yes. So if you were looking at a couple of species, let's say deer and elk, you put your elk tag in there, you put it in your cart, you probably went, ah, got it. Then you spent five minutes messing around getting your other tag. Then you go to check out. It would say unavailable. 
that's what happened. Yeah, so when I was standing in line, I was lucky enough to be in line at a store to do that. And they were like, well, do you want us to bundle them together? And we were like, no, 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 no. Our recommendation was, and when they were asked on the side, is you do one individually. So yep. pick the first one that you want, and if it has the less, and then just it was a strategic deal. And so hopefully that worked out. And I was lucky enough to draw, so, I mean, get my leftover tags. Sure, sure. Um, so it, it's just a rough process. But th this site hunting in Colorado helps you prepare for that. So mm -hmm. if you got on and asked questions, hey, what do you guys recommend with the leftover when it comes available? Those were the ideas we gave. We told them, you know, go to a store. Try to be, um, do it individual species. Don't try to put them all in the same category um, for that reason right there. It's because you had a better shot. You might get one out of three instead of losing all three because it took forever to get them in your cart to get them paid for. Right, right. Again, Jerry White is with us. Uh, the page is Hunting in Colorado on Facebook. Uh, highly recommend this page. Again, I found it to be very, very helpful. Uh, you can meet a lot of great people, and the hunting community overall is made up of a lot of great people, and uh, the problem is we just don't get to meet many in person, and uh, as we mentioned in our last show, um, Jerry's actually in town because his son Joey was involved in a dirt bike accident and uh, has been uh, quite ill, and so... Um, of course, at the airing of this, uh, we can't give you an up-to-date deal, but I can still tell you uh, when you hear this segment, uh, they still covered your prayers. I promise you that. Yeah, and I appreciate everybody. Once again, I want to tell you thank you very much for your show here and everybody on the website the, or the Facebook page and just throughout the whole Colorado community. Um, everybody's just been tremendous, and the prayers have been great. He, It's like I said, it's a long road, and we were talking about this when I went live um, before we recorded <laughs> this yeah. segment here. Um, it's going to be months, not weeks, yeah. and so it's just going to be a real, real long haul. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, they can get through in touch with me through the Hunting in Colorado page. Send me a message, um, that kind of thing. I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm doing daily updates um, from the time the accident happened, I'm sure, through the time this is going to be aired. Um, so they can get on, go back, and look. And so that was our biggest thing. Is we're going to do a daily update. You can check the site. It'll go through. So not only am I going through this whole thing, everybody that stands on the page, everybody that's behind this. Sure going through it right with me so and right. it's really helped right and one thing too that you guys are really pushing to with your page is uh kids getting our kids back in the outdoors yeah um something we did this year that was sort of neat a buddy of mine up in craig colorado i'm gonna shout out to Corey overton up there um he uh hunts up there and lives up, up in craig and they have a late season cow elk hunt and it runs from september 1st september 30th um and it's a draw hunt but one thing with the youth tags at colorado's one thing i can think they got perfect is if you're a youth and you put in for any season mm -hmm. you get a hunt every season until the last license season's over so what we did this year is we said hey he owns a has a bunch of private land access up there and he got a hold of me and he said hey do we want to give help two kids get through the draw process, draw a tag for this area, and we'll take them out on the private land and we'll give them an opportunity to hunt, teach them a bunch of stuff about what it's like to hunt elk in Colorado in below zero weather. <laughs> and so uh, what we did is we did an essay contest. We said what we want to do is put an essay together, and so we had several youth um, put essays together, and then we started getting some feedback of how are we going to choose, an out-of-state kid or an in-state youth or this, set. So we said, you know what, we'll take two. We'll do an out-of-state youth and an in-state youth. So we selected two of them. Um, we got with their parents and that, that won the hunt, and we got with their parents, and we showed them how to apply for the tags, helped them through the whole process. Both of them drew. 
And so we're just going to set up a week in December. They, we're going to get them out basically close to where I live out there. Um, and then I'm going to personally take them up to Craig. We're going to set up a camp, show them what it's like to set up an elk camp, show them what it's like to scout, you know, look around for animals. But the nice thing about this is where we're going, they probably have a better than a 90% chance of shooting an elk and getting them hooked from the age sure. of right away. And so that's huge to us. And, and hopefully learn something in the process. And a shout-out to um, – Vortex binoculars. Uh, they donated binoculars for the two kids that won the hunt, so oh, they get cool. a brand new pair of Vortex 10 by 42 binoculars. Um, we've had several members offer rifles and guns and different things to help, but we're pretty much got that all taken care of. So now it's just getting them up there, getting them in the woods, and like I said, from the time that trigger pulls, they're going to see what really work is about. It isn't just about driving up, seeing an elk, and shooting it. They get right. to see the real work from that point of gutting it to quartering it to doing everything they need to do to take care of the meat, and. Uh, Hopefully hooks a hunter for life, and that's the goal. If we can take a 12-year-old and get him fired up about hunting from 12, that means for the next 60 years he's going to be buying tags and going hunting and hopefully bring his grandkids, his kids, sure. right up there and get them hooked. That's how we're going to keep hunting alive in this state and all yeah, over. Absolutely. Well, again, check out this page. It's Hunting in Colorado. And, again, if you'd like to become a member, there's a little bit of a process. They ask you just a few questions. Uh, again, we want to make sure everybody's intent is to uh, uh, be of a part of this group and uh, be willing to help people. And again, it's a great format to ask questions and get your questions answered. So check it out. And again, that's hunting in Colorado. So Jerry, as far as um, what are you seeing uh, even in, with women in the outdoors too? I'm telling you, man, we have seen a huge growth with women in the outdoors and archery, you know, rifle, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, I mean, that's also a great thing to get out. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Uh, the women um, now getting into hunting is just, it's tremendous, and it's awesome because that was they one of They always do better than the guy. You know what? Well, I they, think they listen better. <laughs> well, not only that, they shoot better. I think I think they, uh, they have nerves of steel yeah. where we get all anxious and start shaking, and they sort of, I don't know if it's the mom instinct that kicks in or what it is. It's like nothing bothers them. They're just, like, so focused and can hold in it. They don't get that like we do. Right. Um, the biggest complaint we've heard from women, and I'm going to give a shout-out there to all you camo companies out there, there's not enough camo that's cut to fit a woman. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, that's the biggest thing we hear through our page is quite yep. a bit from females is like, I don't wear guys' clothes. You know? sure. And so, uh, but, yeah, it's been great, and we support that 100%. Um, the more, like I said, the more women we get out in the field, kids, that kind of thing, that's where the numbers are going to see grow. Right now, if you're an, a middle-aged adult, you know, you grew up hunting with your dad or whatever, you're, you're starting to see that. But what we're losing is well, life's getting too busy. Um, we, we got, we're going 100 mile an hour now. It isn't like the old, back in the older days where everybody just did that. And, and so we're too busy or it costs too much or it does that. But there's so many opportunities out there to get a kid in the field, whether it's small game or a woman in the field, whether it starts with shooting rabbits and squirrels a mile from Denver or, you know, taking them on a big game hunt. Sure. And, and so that's one thing I do will give a shout out. Colorado is very well taking care of our youth with keeping their tag prices down and all that. And, and the, and the out-of-state guys make that possible, too. I mean, they pay quite a bit of money to come here to hunt and bring a lot of money into our communities from out-of-state to make it possible that the in-state guys' tags can stay where they're at. And, yep. and so it, it's just everybody's a group. It's a whole. We just got to keep coming together as a community, just keep helping. If you have a neighbor that says, hey, I never hunted before, I'd like to do it, taking that five minutes and pulling him in and showing him pictures and getting him to say, hey, I'll help sure. you out. Instead of, oh, don't go to my honey hole, you know. You, you don't have to show them those. You just, but get them involved. Get them, show them how they can scout. Show them, sit them down, show them some tricks that you may do to find your area. Um, and that's what it's about. Because, like I said, what I've learned the most 
through the page and also for meeting some of these guys is all they want is just a place to start. Um, where can I go to start the process to learn? They're willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. It's just where do I start? And so that's the biggest thing is just taking a few minutes and showing them and, and getting them hooked and trying to say, hey, you know, anybody can do it. It's not here's just steps to help you on the way. Yeah. Good deal. Well, Jerry, man, it's been great to meet you. And again, I apologize and sorry it's under these circumstances with your son's accident here. Uh, but again, keep this family in your prayers, and I know they'd appreciate it. And we look forward to doing some more segments with you. Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to doing some more with you, too. And I hope we'll be on here for the Sportsman Show, and we can, cool. on better circumstances, hopefully our son will be joining us. So. Absolutely. That would be very cool. He, <laughs> he is always welcome. Thank you. You're listening to Sportsman Colorado. we got to take a break, and we'll be back with more right after this. If you're looking for great deals on outdoor equipment and clothing, we've got you covered. Hi, this is Bill Paddock, owner of the Outdoorsman's Attic, your outdoor gear consignment headquarters. You'll save 20, 30, 40, even 50% on previously owned outdoor gear for the fisherman, hunter, and camper. We also sell live bait, firearms, and ammo. If you're doing a little spring cleaning, bring in your gear to the Outdoorsman's Attic. We'll sell it for you and put cash in your pocket. You can also pick up your hunting and fishing licenses right here at the store. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor gear needs is the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan, Colorado. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Or visit us online at outdoorsmansattic.com. Mention Sportsman's of Colorado and receive 20% off all your outdoor clothing. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley along with Kevin Flesh. Hope everyone's having a great day. Um, hunting season is going well for a lot of folks, and uh, we've been seeing a lot of things on Facebook, so good luck to all those out uh, hunting and, of course, doing a little fishing probably as well as our state allows for a lot to go on this time of year. And, Kevin, I tell you, well, some of the fires, a uh, place we're looking at doing our first our elk hunt in mid-October in Kremling, is not doing real well right now. There's a big fire down there, so we're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. So I don't know how this is going to affect uh, overall in the state, right. all these different fires going on. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's throughout the West. It's really interesting, and, and it's been a dry season. I mean, it just has, and, and with hunting season starting, it's just people have to be careful, and, and it will change your plans in the event that the fire is going on. You're going to have to I don't know. What do you do? I mean, what, what happens in that situation? What's yeah. your backup plan? Yeah, right now. That's what I told the guy. I just hung up from him before I came in studio today. And I said, dude, I need a plan B here, you know, <laughs> with you or somebody else. And I've got another backup, you've, of course, with Quentin, you know. You're uh, jonesing for that elk hunt. You've yeah, got to have some exactly. backup plan. And I've, and I've sold him two hunts. Um, uh, 
two one guy's coming from Florida and and the guy from Michigan that right. canceled the other one I was talking about in the first segment. Uh, so now two of those two guys are coming. So I'm just like, look, man, our credibility is out there. Yeah. You know, we got to uh, give them a good hunt. So anyway, I hope I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. it's beautiful up there right now. We uh, the uh, the aspens right now are are perfect. I mean, they're they're at prime, and so that that'll be good. We'll get all the leaves down here in the next next week or so. We were up. My dog and I were up doing a little blue grouse hunting, a dusky grouse hunting uh, last Saturday. Uh, did a lot of hiking, didn't do a whole lot of <laughs> seeing birds, but that's part of the process. It's, sure. I've picked that up since I've got this new pup that's, uh, she's just a year old now. And, and so, man, that's tough hunting, that that dusky grouse, wow. the, the, those mountain, I mean, it's like, it's not like sheep hunting, but it's right. it's still, you're going up some vertical and down and trying to figure out where the birds are this time of year. and. Love to hear from anybody that has had luck uh, so far this season because it has been really dry, and so you just gotta, you know, we've got uh, one of the sponsors that that has given me some tips about where to go, and so that's good. Um, but you got to get out there and just walk around. Yeah, you know, it's like any sure. other type of hunting that you got to find those animals and and what's going on with them before you can actually harvest anything. Right. And one thing we wanted to mention, Kevin was on earlier today with uh, John Rush on Drive Radio and talking a lot of legal issues and even concealed carry and all the things. And you know what, with the, in the outdoors, a lot of legal issues can come up as well. Uh, sure very are. easy when you've been hunting and you know what, have a gun in your truck and load it, you know, yes. and you gotta be ready for that. Right? So a lot of different things, you know, and uh, just knowing all the different laws that are out there and, and how to be, um, you know, on the right side of those because mistakes can happen, you know, shooting wrong animal, all the different things, Kevin, and we've talked about, you know, um, you need to just know what to say and when to say it. And again, we're not talking about being dishonest. No, we're just talking about, you know, yeah, the they big, should know what right. to do. So the biggest thing I've got a couple of cases going on right now that are wildlife violations. And the biggest thing that I see in these cases is the adrenaline when you get into the situation where you've paid for a hunt or you're in the midst of, of doing something relating to the hunt and your better judgment doesn't kick in that you're you know sort of the masculine mm -hmm. and, and i'm going to pick on guys in sure, particular because um that's mm -hmm. normally the folks that are doing a lot of the hunting but you get into a situation where where you're you're potentially harvesting something that you've had dreams of doing doing for years and you get into a situation that's probably right on the edge you're not sure whether you're in the right place you're not sure if you're doing it correctly mm -hmm. you know with the way that uh, you know cat hunting is an example of where things can go wrong with the dogs and when the dogs are put down and and who's doing all of the things sure. that they need to do relating to an outfitter i mean there's all kinds of things that can happen in these hunts you want to every year you want to go through the regulations to make sure that you, especially the what's new sort of stuff Absolutely. because things change every year and secondarily if you are using an outfitter i always recommend that you make sure that that outfitter has an up-to-date license and that they're fully bonded that they fully are insured all of those sorts of things to make sure you think you're you're working with someone that you know what's going on mm -hmm. but you want to just confirm that because Sometimes they're not. Yeah, and you have to remember any of these shows, whether you go to a, a Tanner Gun show, you go to um, you know International Sportsman's Expo, whatever. They do not do any kind of vetting, right? Nor do they uh, profess to do that. Okay, right. I mean, of who buys a booth? Anybody can buy. You and I could buy a booth and say we have hunts in Africa and take deposits. Right. You know, yeah. print up some material. 
and all that. So it is up to you to do your due diligence to make sure, like you say. And now, isn't it DORA, yeah. Department of Regulatory yeah, Agencies? And you can go directly there, and you can, you can do a search anytime um, and see that the outfitter that you uh, are going to use or are using, that they're licensed, that there hasn't been any violations, all of those sorts of mm -hmm. things. Because it's a fluid situation, much like... You know, the practice of law. I mean, as a lawyer, I have the same thing. Colorado Supreme Court, at any point, if they think that I've done something wrong to take my license, they can bring a complaint and, and potentially suspend me or, or change the way that I practice um, because that's just the nature of, of the sort of industry that I'm in. Same thing with right. outfitters. Right. Um, my only point is, is that that when we look at these sorts of things, and it's that this time of year where we get into potentially people get in disputes or they're disappointed with this or that, that just do some homework, just talk to, and make sure that you're talking with the outfitter about, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Tell me a little bit about your business and, mm -hmm. you know, what's your outfitter license and, and have you had any complaints before? And if you have, what are they? Because a lot of times it's not, it's not the complaint itself. It's how that outfitter has dealt with sure. the person that's, been disappointed and was it the was it the client that was the problem not necessarily the outfitter and just have a conversation about that and i think most people don't do that they just assume i know i have in the past you just assume well that you know i mean we've we've been in situation we have one situation yeah yeah where we just totally assumed yeah, yeah and 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 it turns out later that maybe we weren't you know we were built we were we were provided some sort of bill of goods that aren't weren't necessarily the case and so all i'm saying is that in these these times and it's competitive just like anything else and there's a limited resource in colorado more and more people there's less and less space i mean you see it driving sure. up to fort collins the places that i was able to goose hunt 10 years ago now have a subdivision in them. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Just, <laughs> Now's a hospital or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It's just uh, so I understand that you just you just want to be careful about doing the right thing, and and that's at the end of the day, we all want to enjoy the outdoors. We all want to have a good time. You just don't want to have to hire a lawyer after you get done with the hunt because right. something's gone sideways. So. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, Stefan uh, is planning on coming over here from Bushman's Quiver, Quality African Safaris. And uh, uh, so, well, if you've heard us talk about them for a number of years now, but Kevin took his family, if you missed the that show and we actually re-aired it a couple times because it was just so good but yeah. um i mean take a minute and just talk about bushman's quiver oh, and the man. africa trip you know talking about a, an outfitter that that knows what they're doing and is such a quality experience i mean i can't say there's just so many positive things from that trip that we took my family had a great time it's probably I doubt that we'll ever get back to Africa as a family and, and spend the time looking at the game. And we weren't, we didn't hunt anything. Mm -hmm. You know, we took a couple thousand pictures in Kruger <laughs> National Park and, and down on the coast and getting down to uh, Cape Town and was able to see that. And, and just the, what's going on in South Africa just is really interesting. It's interesting as long as I don't have to live there interesting, but sure. there's a lot going on there that's, that isn't impacting, shouldn't impact what, what Bushman's Quiver is no, doing No, it's at all. not, and Stefan even sent me an email yesterday and said, yeah. be sure and let everybody know. Media, I mean, we see what the media oh does here with our own president and different things. He said... Not only president, but, things, but weather yeah, events. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he said, do not believe all the things you hear about 
land getting taken. He, he said, there's some things in some certain areas, but he said, we are fine. He goes, I wouldn't have my family here today right. if it was dangerous, okay? Right. Which, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yeah. So, boy, if you want to go to South Africa and have a great time, and whether it be hunting, whether it want to be a, a you know, a photography uh, right. deal like, like you guys. Or you want to shoot an cool. animal or two and spend yeah. time looking and at everything. Spend some time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, the, the game is just, I mean, you've obviously fallen in love with it. You've been over right, there more right. times than we, we have time in four hours to talk <laughs> about the animals that you've shot. Uh, but but uh, at the same time, you don't have to go over there and shoot anything mm-hmm. and, and still have just a spectacular experience. And their guides are great. The I mean, the whole deal was just top-notch. I mean, your and, daughter said something, and, and that's why I like to do things very transparent here, very unscripted, because... You didn't know what they were going to say when you right. asked them questions. Had you no know? idea. And they said, you know, FC, uh, which is one of the guides there, professional hunters, uh, they said after a, while, a little bit, you almost forget he's a guide, but he's just like a friend in yeah, the car. I mean, that, and that. that was that's a cool statement. Yeah, yeah. and that that's, you know, in any sort of outfitter environment, if you get into a situation where that's where you get to as the way of a relationship after the few days that you spend with them, that's a quality guy, sure, and that's a quality, uh, a quality outfit, and that's what Bushman's Quiver is. I mean, and they, yeah, I mean, to get three teenage girls right to spend <laughs> yeah, time, yeah, just that <laughs> eight hours in the car and not yeah. kill each other, and then and just all of the game that we saw and all of the things that we were able to do while we were there. I mean, we pushed way too much into an eight day trip, but it was what we had, right? And you can certainly, and that's the, the other great thing about them is they'll say you'll sit down and say, okay, we're coming over, we've got this many days. What is it that you want to do? And they'll fashion a trip for you, and that's exactly what, what they did. Mm-hmm. And they organized it, and they put it together, and, and there wasn't anything really that we had to worry about other than, you know, do you want to do this activity in the morning or afternoon, or how do you want us to, to plan your day for the next day? So it was a super, super cool trip. And, and uh, I mean, I, I'm always we, – we've watched shows after that, and, and we've talked about other experiences that we want to have, but that that's definitely the top of our list right now. Our kids used to say Disney was the best thing that they, we've done in the way of a – uh, family trip, but it's definitely Africa, Africa at this point. For sure. Yeah. Well, again, the ISC will be January the 10th through the 13th, and um, our friend Stefan, the owner of Bushman's Quiver, will be. Actually, he's going to be at our booth, and so we we'll look forward to having him there as well as Yes Bay. And remember, that's twenty nine ninety five, five nights, four days of fishing. And Kevin, we got about a minute left. The food is out of this. World. Absolutely. Bring an extra big pair of pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To ride home. <laughs> That's right. On the plane. Yes. The oh, whole deal. I mean, wow. you think about, you know, going out and putting the crab pots out, and you got that fresh crab one or two nights, and the shrimp, and then you have dinner, and then the desserts, and just the whole experience. Macadamia was... nut, halibut, That's roasted right. halibut, all that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Well, Kevin, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah. And uh, again, you can catch Kevin. He is on every other thursday with us on haystack help radio from noon to one and uh coming up this thursday we'll start that rotation and so uh if you'd like to get in on our legal hour with kevin uh he can help you his number 303-806-8886 i would highly recommend you put that in your phone especially like i said we just talked about here in the outdoors you need something you need it quick that's kevin's number and uh he will get back to you so we appreciate you joining us today For Sportsman of Colorado, hope everyone has a great weekend. Remember, on Sundays, you can catch us at 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. as well. Thanks for being with us. 
Have a great, safe weekend. We'll talk to you next week.